It's a deadly game that Pat Morita forces Donna Spear and Eric Estrada to do or die for tonight's Cults and Cavalcade, followed by Shadow Nation at 9 on the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 120. Wait a minute, where did 119 go? Where did uh, it? Goblins? Where did Oh, well, don't worry. It'll catch up to us. All I got to say is uh, watch this space. This is Brandon. <laughs> and as always with me, live from his hot tub, Cullen. Uh, I don't care what any of the kids say. Just don't have your sinuses just packed full of snot for like a month. Don't do it. No matter what the kids say, it's not the cool thing to do. Don't fall for it. Note to self. Do not have sinuses full of snot for a month and a half. I'm trying to help. It's public service. Also, hot tubs. <laughs> yes. Today we are here to discuss the 1991 film Do or Die. Cullen, plot or synopsis. Hunted down by six teams of assassins hired by a Japanese crime lord, federal agents Donna and Nicole struggle to survive with help from their agency friends. Do or Die is written and directed by Andy Sedaris and stars Donna Spear, Pat Morita, Eric Estrada, Cynthia Brimhall, Roberta Vasquez, Bruce Penhall, William Bum Miller, Michael J. Shane, and introducing... Pandora Peaks. Oh. <laughs> I bet you can guess which one she is. Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> so, welcome back to Cold Cinema Cavalcade. That was a large cast list because we have a lot of returning people. <laughs> I know, like, those names sounded familiar. Like, I don't know who the hell they are. Like, they found it, like, a couple movies, they, like, found a team. They're like, we're going to go, we're going to run with this group. We're going to run with this group. And, uh, yeah, and we're back to talk about that group. We are in the middle of our uh, Thankful for Donna Spear month, which is excuse to talk about Andy Sedaris movies again, closing out this year's Thankful for month of November with Do or Die. Only two. I know we normally do three, but we have a live appearance at Starbase Indy, which when you're listening to this will be this Saturday at the Wyndham Hotel in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we will... B, discussing the film, <gasps> Cullen, what is it? Trekkies, the finest documentary ever made. Yes. It's uh, the uh, 1997? Sure. Have it at the end. We'll know. It's a documentary <laughs> about Star Trek conventions and the people who attend them and are fans of Star Trek. And it's very interesting. It'll be interesting to relive now when we live in a more convention-heavy world. Could be hilarious or it could be sad. I don't know. Probably both. <laughs> it's probably relatable. It's it's probably <laughs> unrelatable. It's probably endearing and it is it, it is shocking. And that much I know. Aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. But we'll be talking about the first one. We won't be touching on the second one. Just Trekkies one. We got to save it in case we have to 
you know, follow if this goes well. So you can either come see us live and stand in hallways, what I'm told, or you just wait till we drop the episode. So that'll be your third one. To be thankful for you, the listener. Stay tuned for that. And while we're at it, December, since we'll be announcing our, our first episode of December during that episode, it's going to be weird. So we're not, I, I know a lot of you, you used to call Cinema Cavalcade Mondays. So every other week you get called Cinema Cavalcade. That is not the case in December at all. We have too many happens on dates in December with our special episodes. Yeah. What I'm hearing is it's going to be a lot like David Tennant's uh, final season of Doctor Who. Yeah. They're going to be specials. It's going to be special. And sure. Uh, yeah, they are going to be. It's all specials. That's perfect. Way to go. Brilliant. And it's also <laughs> a bit of a teaser for December as well. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about, know. But Jack. guys, <laughs> for more information, watch this space. God. And was, I will stab you. <laughs> I will stab you. Yes. Uh, basically, our live episode is going to drop in December because, like, Thanksgiving happens late this year. And I think that Monday's. That Monday is a December day, and you're going to get like four cult cinema cavalcades in a month. <sighs> Fuck you all, but enjoy. Um, <laughs> keep listening. But we'll have one coming to you, the live one. Shortly after that, you're going to get another one marking a significant day. There's a Friday the 13th in December, and guess what? Star Wars is back. So, well, it was back uh, like a week, a bit ago with Mandalorian, but in theaters back, because that's what we cover when we tie it in. And, of course, we will be doing something Star Wars. It could be our biggest Star Wars episode yet. And, uh, yes. Oh, isn't there like a holiday in December, too? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's... There's a holiday and a Star Wars, and they're really close together. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's what you're thinking. Don't think, don't don't think too hard. Yes, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. Like what we're gonna watch. It's maybe we're giving in to people. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it is not Howard the Duck. I'll tell you that. We're back with Do or Die, or. Andy Sedaris 6, or Lethal Ladies 6. Or that movie where there's boobs and things blow up, 6. <laughs> Donna 5, Sedaris 6. <laughs> okay, so we um, open this one up at Jermaine's Luau. And uh, we see that Donna's learning some hula moves there at some big Hawaiian festivity going on as we flash through these credits. And it's oddly night on stage, but uh, daytime where Donna and Nicole are watching some show. I kind of found that funny because you'd see the show and it was clearly nighttime. And then you go to them and it was like day for nighttime. Um, I mean, if there's one thing these movies are known for, it's continuity. So it's just a huge letdown that they let this fall through the cracks. Yes. Uh, some meathead tells them someone wants to see them. They are escorted to Pat Morita, who's playing Kane, who tells them he made a $6 million donation to a children's hospital in their name posthumously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> It's ridiculous. He just he just pulls these people up like, look, heads up, I'm gonna kill you too. Uh, but... I got a team of <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, but I'm gonna make it fun for the children. Huh? 
He's uh, yeah. he's apparently the big boss of like all of this, right? Like going back to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Is that where we're, or at least is, the last couple films? Sure, they met Chinese. Like it's at least attached to the last film. This is at least a direct follow-up. Well, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, there's gonna be something really weird that happens in this movie, and I cannot wait to get there. He's the yeah, yeah, one thing. Well, one major, major thing. Okay. Um, yeah, all right, fine. So he tells him he likes a good game, a good hunt. And he's hired assassins from all over, a total of 12 of them that work in pairs, to kill them. So one of them says, So this challenge, this game, is to satisfy your sense of honor? My sense of humor. And uh, he says they will will learn what they need to know about him through the game. I don't think they do. Um, No, there's there's no clues. Scuffling with the muscular bodyguard guys, Nicole hurts her ankle, and then the game starts at noon, they are told. And that's the last we'll know of, like, Nicole. I thought it was going to be like, oh, shit, they're going to have trouble in this game because she can't. she's going to be hobbling around. Don't worry, folks, because the next scene, Donna and Nicole go to the hot tub where Nicole, <laughs> this is like, this is the fandom moment, guys. She goes, this hot water is going to be great for my ankle. Besides, don't you do your best thinking in here? <laughs> I know. The movie knows what it is. Yes. And then they call Lucas. Remember the guy, the agency guy that I couldn't come up with a fucking name for last time? Right. That's his fucking name. It's Lucas. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And now he's got long even, hair. Yeah. Even when I heard his name, I immediately forgot it. That's how forgettable of a human being he is. Yeah, he's pretty bland. I, I, I know he exists. I remember I saw him before, yeah. but I couldn't for the life of you tell me what he did. It's like, Lucas, he's in charge. What else? <laughs> I don't know. He just calls the shots. Let's... His job is to operate the phone and to gather the group together when they need to talk about things. Well, we know in this movie he lives in Texas. That's, that's what I got from this movie. So they call Lucas, and he tells them, if Cain revealed himself to you, you're as good as dead. And this is awesome. He goes, Donna, if Cain revealed himself to you, he intends to see you dead. You're in a do-or-die situation. Well, it won't be the first time. You ladies are in some hot water, so cover your ass. And we were like... <laughs> Five minutes into this movie, and they yeah, they fucking title dropped it. I was like, "Oh shit!" That was great. Yeah, like the only way it would have been better is if he looked into the camera and the credits just started again. It needed, to, yeah, that uh, yeah. Uh, Kane and his computer lady did not get her name. Uh, go over how they put a tracking device in Donna's watch, and they can now track the girls and their help. On the next day, Donna and Nicole head on out in the Jeep and are followed by a helicopter with the meathead and some other guy who trades shots with them. And then they, they pull over and take refuge behind a, a rock. Nicole has a cane with her that actually is like a miniature little rocket launcher. They fire it, fire it at the helicopter and blow it the fuck up. And we find out it's 8 a.m. and the game is supposed to start at noon. So they were tricked. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought when this chase started happening. Like, what time is it? What a bunch of jerks. Yeah, fucking hold their horses, man. Yeah, but I, I, how disappointed were you when they were, Nicole and Donna were in the Jeep, 
and Nicole reaches back, and then she just pulls out, like, a handgun. Like, if I see a helicopter chasing a Jeep, it sure as shit better blow up. So I was very relieved. When it has a cane, yeah. Yes! Like, because, like, in these movies, like, the helicopter chases are either, like, a lot of fun or dog shit. This was one of the better ones, I thought. This was better than the the one last time. Right, And, and they always, but they always tend to end well. Something gets blown up. They, they, stick, and it's, the la- they stick the landing. <laughs> they sure do, Brandon. <laughs> and this, this this movie is the, like, toy rocket film. Oh, yeah. I think, like, I think any time there is an apparatus or uh, a toy that, that can have a, a rocket attached to it, it does. Yes. And I felt like, uh, and now, th- this is going to be praise, but don't take it in the praise, like, I take it for what it is within a Sedaris film, but I felt this movie like felt like it maybe had a little more money into it or Andy Sedaris like became more talented after the last, like the lighting was better in a lot of this. He had a mm-hmm. little bit more style camera. The editing was a big improvement over his previous movies. And I'm not saying okay. like, this is a masterpiece, but I'm just saying compared to what we've seen leading up to this, I was like, this feels like a, like it almost could pass for like a real film based on and this is technical a- specs. And and this is Annie Sedaris and not his son directing, right, is right, that right? right. Okay, yeah, his, okay, great. We don't get his son for he, Sedaris directs the next two, then his son, and then Sedaris directs the last two. Okay, okay, okay. That's why I thought I just, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So so yeah, he's 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 growing as a filmmaker in some respects. So good for him. Like in the in the like he's catching on faster than uh Neil Brain or you know Oh God, yes! He started ahead of Neil Breen. Right, what are yeah, you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, he did. But I'm just like, oh wow! Like this. I mean, learning a lot of this, I was just maybe he got a different crew for this one or something. But it just looked well, he, a lot like more like a real movie at the time rather than a cheap B movie. Some of the times. Yeah, I, I'm sure he got a different crew because his crew always works in Hawaii, right. and this was like all across like the country. This was where the travel this movie takes place. fall time film, like. Oh, you damn right it's traveling because we see planes land. Boy, howdy, do we see planes land and take off in this film. Woo, baby. We even get toy planes landing in this film, a lot of them. So they take their cargo plane and fly out. Kane is giving his computer girl a back massage and talking about stuff it does health-wise. He goes, I have a clear picture of the effects of your touch. It arouses all of my senses. Yes. You will feel a great self-awareness between the points I touch and the spirit of your gorgeous body. And they're interrupted by some beeping on their trapping map and Duke and Woody... Uh, those two names move into the death zone and explode. It's a computer noting so, that the the team one is terminated. There are six teams, and they're the first ones to go down. Duke and Woody. How great would have been would have been if it was Buzz and Woody? I mean, would, the internet oh, would have God. blown up, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. But still, Duke and Woody's uh, pretty good. Would you like to know the other some of these other names? List out the the competing assassin teams.
There's six assassin teams. Assassin 1, Duke and Woody, gone. We still have Ava and Skip. Bordeaux, or Bordeaux, whatever, and, Her and Herbert. Spencer and Dudley, Hot Dog and Sledge. That's my personal and Lou favorite. And oh, it's, it's everyone's personal favorite. And Lou and Chen. Like, like every these names are so like it's clear Andy Sedaris wrote all of these things mm -hmm. because they are just so on the nose like every one of them there's and then like eventually it's just like ah, I'm out of ideas hot dog the guy's name's hot dog it's it's wrap it up well one of the guys is a Chinese is Chen his name's Chen it's it's it is four fifty eight we need to wrap it up <laughs> yes Cullen's spewing actual facts from the set. <laughs> Uh, the cargo plane lands at an airport, and they didn't change in it at all. Um, and I was worried, but don't don't fret, folks. Uh, Nicole says they have an hour to change and catch their plane to Vegas, and they they uh, dressed hilarious incognito in wigs, big sunglasses, and Hawaiian shirts. When they came walking out in those outfits, I swear to you. I thought those were like the cross-dressing assassins from oh, the God. last movie. I wonder, like, I thought, like, you guys are dead. Like, oh, oh no, you actually are women. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, well, I guess those are good disguises. You look like cross-dressers, <laughs> but you're women. Amazing. I uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And I was like, oh, so they don't fly from Hawaii to Vegas in their little cargo jumper plane. Got it. Um, we we then meet a motorcycle gang and get a cameo from Andy Sedaris who tells Bruce he's back. And with his biker gang, uh, he tells Bruce he's got a phone call, and then he's immediately with Lucas, and we meet Colonel Richard Rico Estevez, who's joining the team, played by Eric Estrada? <laughs> so, there are two uh, things that I got issues with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will, I, I'm going to hit this fucking head on in a little bit here, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, we see Andy Sedaris, who owns this restaurant now, for some reason, whatever. He was in Hard to Get to Y as a completely different character. A, I don't want to say a major character, but a character that was in many scenes with several lines, yeah. where he was a, like, a TV producer. Right. And now he runs a restaurant somewhere. Like, that's got to be the same. I, I mean, I, I, it should be the same, too, right? I give it, that was at least four films ago. <laughs> Okay. It's also, it's also more, it's also more plausible than Eric Estrada being in this movie. And not, I mean, I, we'll, we'll get there. Hey. Donna and Nicole arrive and drive a, a, a geo tracker that I found uh, humorous. Hopefully it was intentional. Uh, that's equipped with, uh. yeah, that's with, uh, equipped with two guns in the glove box, and we segue to a miniature model plane show at an airstrip with an announcer that just won't shut the fuck up. Like, he's nonstop talking. And uh, there's a trailer with uh, a gross-looking guy in it who notifies <laughs> Ava that the uh, ladies are there. So there's uh, Assassin oh. Squad 2. You mean Skip? Skip. <laughs> Yeah, whose whose job seems to be waking Ava up 
looking gross and driving a car. Yes. Like, those are his only, like, and I guess to watch Ava, just in general, just look at her. Yes. Those are his main responsibilities. So, she strips naked and changes into a super early 90s undergarment uh, with leather pants on. And uh, for some reason, Donna and Nicole show up at this airplane show where they meet up with a guy named Norm who drives the Stormin' Norman mobile or trailer mobile. And at first, he doesn't re- doesn't recognize the girls, and then the the skip spots Donna's watch from afar, I guess. And then Ava says she's going to blow <laughs> she's going to blow their tits off. Norm, meanwhile, gives Donna and Nicole a remote control helicopter, and he needs to disassemble it and box it up so the ladies go to check out that air show while they wait. You know what you, you know what you should do when you're being hunted. Uh, be out in public in broad daylight where yeah. anyone can see they you. They went right to the air show where squad assassin team B was already hanging out. That's just amazing. After a bit, they take off. Yeah, how do they know they were going to go there? What the hell no, is that? No, it was They're, just they like don't... Skip was like, oh, oh it's some bitches. Like, is he just a um like plane enthusiast? Is that why they were there? That might be it. That might be it. We haven't talked about this uh, too much, but uh, this movie, uh, there's a lot of nudity. Mm-hmm. Even I think even more than most of these films, which is- This might be sing- King. I think this is King. I think this is number one. Right. Yeah. So like, when we see Ava at first, like, like I'm almost like numb to the nudity in these movies now. Mm-hmm. It, but like when she she showed up, like, all right, she takes like her- the the sheet off and she's getting she's getting dressed all right fine whatever and then she turns and then it was like oh my god (laughs) like her like her i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and grade people that's disgusting but like her she's in too good of shape right Right, like she is yeah she is like like she is so attractive that it's like you almost hate how attractive she is yeah Okay, you know what? Fuck you, lady. <laughs> Fuck you and your beauty. <laughs> After a bit, they take off in the tracker, and then Ava and her goon get in a lime green VW bug and go in pursuit. And on a lonely stretch of road, the chase begins with Ava out the sunroof firing at them. Bruce and Rico then show up in a dune buggy, and how the fuck did they know where they were going <laughs> to? Never mind. Right? Uh, you know what? Model plane enthusiasts. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they, they were just on their way. They were on their way. Uh, Rico has some gun that shoots uh, f- fireworks, but I mean, they're supposed to be rockets, but that looks like fucking fireworks he's firing out of it. Oh, oh yeah. And he hits a gas tank on the bug and blows it up. Uh, Bruce, uh, during this, is wearing his famed leather vest from the last movie. Um, <laughs> and no shirt. Yeah, no shirt. Well, he was doing that last movie, too. Um Donna and Nicole have no idea who saved them, but both before the cops show up, uh, they get back to the airstrip, a, a different one, uh, and pack up their chest on a plane. Uh, that A chest as in the physical item chest, not their boobs. Uh, Bruce and Rico catch up and say they are supposed to go with them. Donna introduces herself to Rico, not even remotely being like, you look exactly like the man who killed my fucking father. <laughs> like, exactly like the man right? who killed my fucking father. The guy who I shot four rockets in the last movie and who raped my mother and killed my fucking father. Just like him. But damn, let's flirt a little. 
Like, there's got to be a line that's, like, yeah. can he be the guy's like, brother that's a good guy? Or, like... Yeah, like, like the, the continuity in these movies is loose. And okay, cool. But he was the main bad guy! He was... He was a- yeah, this is even worse than the guy, like, Picasso Trigger being one of, like, good dudes in the next movie. Like... Right. Like, like he is he is the main fucking villain. And it's not like he's playing a minor character in the next movie. He's playing two main characters that are completely yeah. different. And, like along with the of other characters that they both meet. No. And this was the guy that was like the nemesis for Donna, the nemesis, yeah. and now he's like the love interest. Like what? And and like it's not. No one reacts to it. Not even like no one does. Could like, you, hey, you know, could I, you like, give him a like, mustache, like, <laughs> glasses, dye his a hair, scar? God, yeah, something. He's, he is he's redhead for some reason. He's literally Eric Estrada from the last movie with a costume change. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, well, <clears throat> uh, your name's Rico. Oh, you look nothing like. Uh, and he's got the, the same attitude too. He's not like he's trying to be a little bit more fun this time. It, it's. Baffling, but I I guess in in Sedaris is like oh Estrada wants to do another one. I guess we'll find something for him. Make him like Nicole's new boyfriend. Like don't like this Donna's is right. Like, oh, hook him up with Pandora Peaks. I'm sure Estrada would enjoy that. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sad. So, oh, I'm sad. Ava and Skip go to the dead zone graphic to the disappointment of Kane. In the plane heading to Louisiana, Donna and Nicole change clothes. Rico's like peeking back there and Bruce is like, first time. That wasn't always a reoccurring thing, was it? Was it was like, in Hard Ticket to Hawaii and it's just it? been in okay. all of them. Savage Beach had it. I think Donna changed by like herself in right. Picasso I, Trigger, but it was in Guns. I, like, I guess I just never thought about it because it, it's not like... It's not interesting or sexy. It's just like, hey, here's some fucking tits. We're, like, we're in an enclosed type place struggling to get our shirts on. Yeah, like that's not, ew. No, we don't want to see that. Let, let them just do what they have to do. Like they're not in a big changing room or anything. It's like stuffed in there. From the makers of and twins. <laughs> Changing in a cargo plane. <laughs> Well, uh, Annie Sedaris, aside from these movies, is known for making the cutie cam. Yep, yep. for sports games, yeah. cutie pie cam. And, and and for you folks that don't know what the cutie pie cam is, because it's the 21st century, it was a camera that just found attractive women in the crowd and put them on the jumbotron. Mm-hmm. Hot stuff. That was it. Hot stuff. Cutie cam. Hard ticket to Hawaii is a better contribution to society than yes, it is. Cutie cam. We they call Lucas, who's in Texas, and confirm uh, that they're all gonna meet. So we get to the Cowboys Club and restaurant where oh, Edie has a new gig and she's singing some French cowboy stuff at a bar. Is it uh, Shane Abilene's a backup dancer for her? And uh, Lucas shows up, and she asks, well, if he wants to go cut a rug, and he tries to talk mission stuff, but all she wants to do is bone, and so they go do it in front of some fireplace. And this is an actual sex scene, not just topless kissing. This is a sex scene in one of these movies. I mean, it's it's a softcore sex scene because they're covered on their private parts. Um, Mm. So, yeah. And, and sometimes it looks like the genitals actually match up. Right. So yeah. she's not on his be- sitting for- on his belly. Yeah. 
Right. So not bad for softcore. Hey, I guess. there we go. Um, back to the song. Oh Woo! my god! If you thought Guns was hell on earth, well, Edie's no. back with her latest album. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: I like Down in the Bayou more than. What was it? Was it just called Guns? It had to just be called Guns, right? In that last yeah, song, it, it or, is. Gu- when I looked it up to use for the episode, it is called Guns. And Cullen, she yes. does sing those. That is, well, of course she would sing it because who would hire someone to lip sync to her I, with I that voice? Last time that it was probably lip sync, I was <sighs> I was incredibly wrong. That 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 voice is too shitty. For it to be paid for, no, no, sir. Yeah. It was like I don't understand. Like, like okay, you hire her, great. She's an attractive woman. Makes sense in your movies. That's what you do. Fine, whatever. Here's the thing: if you want her to, to sing, uh, hire someone that can sing. Don't hire her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Like, like, like she. She used to be like one of my favorite things in these movies. Um, I think she's a pretty lady, so I look forward to when she's on the screen. She looked like she yeah, had but, but, some facial work done between the mm, last one and this one. She looked kind of, or did she just get like a thinner face or something? Like maybe something different. I, uh, I don't know. These are these these people these are probably doing like... a lot of coke. I'm sure. Too, <laughs> so. Oh yeah, there's some big nostrils in the in this movie. That, that that's to be certain. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, once I realized, like, it was, like, like, her scene's coming up, like, oh, I get to see Edie again, like, neat, and then, like, oh, no, I gotta listen to her music. I was like, you know what? I don't look, like, I don't think I want to see her anymore in these <laughs> yeah, movies. I was starting to feel that, too. I'm like, she done. Was, like, last movie, I was like, damn, Edie's here. I can ignore that song. And, like, she was look, good looking in hard, t- or hard Ticket and stuff, but, and now I'm like, maybe it's, maybe it's time to go off in your Terran Sunset. Yeah, as it, 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 it's all, it's all, it's just all about that music. Just <laughs> good God, if it would just, oh my God! By the way, women like, like she is, she is a single threat, is what she is, because yeah. she can't, she can't act, and she can't sing, she can't dance. She, she looks she, good in undergarments. Yes, th- and that is it. That is. They should have made her a mute, but then she would do ridiculous sign language, right. and that would be terrible, too. But she'd probably only be in one movie. You know, they're not going to keep doing right. that. We haven't talked about this. Donna and Nicole, is it less than, equal to, or better than Donna and Taryn? Donna and Taryn, who lasted for three movies, this is two movies with right. Donna and Nicole Justin. But I, I, I got to say, uh, Donna and Taryn yeah, for me. Donna and Taryn for life. Yeah, and Nicole, I mean, and, Nicole's not bad. I'm just like, mm. Not- yeah, yeah. She she is the she's like the like the recovery girl friend kind of like yeah. the recovery relationship the rebound that's kind of what she is yeah you're like uh it's like oh well this is, this is I get right. it you got a blonde yeah, brunette now instead of two blondes yeah I get that I get that uh, but yeah. right, Taryn is missed I mean, I mean I've never seen Nicole throw nunchucks before that's true that's true the next morning the rest of the team shows up at some airfield. And Donna and Nicole take off in some little plane thing, and they are apparently <laughs> looking for their trackers. I I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know. Yeah, I just this whole for, thing. I don't know what. No, no. For, for some reason, one of them, like the two of them, get in the plane, and the other two are in a car. I, I don't get it. Do you? No. I don't know. Like, like I was like, did they uh, did they get onto something? They know where like their next attackers are, or uh, nothing. It's like, well, it's an aquatic plane. Like, so who 
gives a shit? Just get in the car. Yeah. Like, why are you on the... Go hide somewhere, you stupid assholes. Yeah, so uh, the next, uh, their next assassins are two guys, uh, Boudreau and blah, 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 cooking stuff. Uh, we see them get a notification that the, the group is getting near, and they make some Cajun jokes while cooking, and I guess they're... I'm guessing here, I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to try to poison the, the girls. The folks, uh, our lovely team, land and show up to a tackle shop restaurant place uh, and meet Baba Joe, the guy who runs this tackle shop restaurant. Uh, the cook up there is apparently sick that day, but these these uh, dudes are filling in, and they say, I hope y'all got the hungries, because we whooped up something real good, guarantee. Since y'all Baba Ray's special guests, you bet here cooked up an old family recipe. Catfish mm. on dean. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, they're filling in. Uh, they put, they push the catfish that nobody wants on everyone. They want, no, no, they want no, the catfish limon Tr- is what they want, but it's something else. No, it's a uh, trout amandine. Trout amandine, yeah. And uh, they all decide, fine, we'll do that. And then Nostra's like, can you add some lemons? And uh, and the assassin gets upset because he wants to put his best foot forward with his food, right? The other people arrive, and uh, Edie's backup dancers, which was Shane Abilene, and Atlanta Lee, who is played by Pandora Peaks. <sighs> Do we need to describe her, folks? I mean, her name is Pandora Peaks. Yep. You can, yeah, you can. Figure it's it funny because you think when you see the, the the start of this movie and she's in the background dancer, you're like, oh my gosh, and then she becomes a real character, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it gets worse. They asked her to speak. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the jig is up, uh, when they notice a cat that had been getting into their food is dead and the cooks bolt for it as Edie and Lucas, just as they're showing up. And one of the guys, the, the, the assassin guys, as he's going out the door, like hardcore gropes Edie's boobs when he pushes her away. Like he has full on hands on boobs. Like he was trying to make it look like an accident, but you know, he wasn't making it an accident and it's caught on film. Hardcore. I was like, "Ooh, geez." Well, well uh, here's the thing. He's a bad guy. Yep, he is. So yep, yep. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it makes sense for his character. Correct. Uh, they lose the cooks in the woods as Donna and Nicole take to the sky in that plane glider thing and search the swamps. They find them and drop a grenade on a speedboat that they're trying to hijack. And the rest of the group, uh, they hear it and apprehend these guys, and. Um, they go to jail. <laughs> right. Like, when they were not blown up, I was genuinely surprised <laughs> and, like, and a little disappointed. Although, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad they got yep. away. They, they, they're stupid, but they made me giggle. Those guys it's didn't right. use violent weapons. I no. don't think they had a gun well, or anything. Uh, no. Deadly assassins. Uh, were, that's right. They used their minds, yeah, so oh, good yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and also... How are they not hot dog and sledge? Right? <laughs> right. They, they happen to, to be in Louisiana, so they had to call them Boudreaux. Right, right. Like, they are two nutty dorks. And they look like a hot they dog and sledge. To... Oh, absolutely. They look like they, they were... went to the casting session for Fart the Movie. Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> These guys pull fingers. Like, they don't, like, they just, like, when someone walks by, they just yank on their fingers hoping they'll fart. Mm-hmm. That's what these two guys are. <laughs> Oh, so Kane and his woman talk about a meeting they just had that they got back from when they get to their apartment and he, how he plans 
to manipulate the stock market with risk tolerance. Risk tolerance? Mm. For instance, in the game of commerce, the risk tolerance is money. In the game of death, the risk tolerance is human life. In the game of romance, the risk tolerance is you. They check uh, the computer to see that uh, only three teams left halfway through the movie. Uh, Kane undoes his tie and says he needs to bone. So uh, the team back at the restaurant uh, where they were almost poisoned uh, discusses they might not be able to trust the agency or each other right now. And they devise a little plan and decide to turn in. After Rico puts the moves on Donna, uh, she rejects him saying, I'm on duty, Colonel. Like, go, Eric. <laughs> okay. And uh, the next day, they all hop in a speedboat and head off. Kane is getting a massage, and the girl says, this says... It says here, there are 200 bones in the human body. <clears throat> Make that 201. Not for long. Uh, you know, Brandon... <laughs> It was gross enough when he was giving her a massage and she said she was aroused. That was gross enough. I don't need... I don't want to watch Pet Morita get a handjob. Asexual Mr. Miyagi getting all sorts (laughs) of sex in this movie. Like It's like his pay was sex. Like, well... (laughs) He's like, I don't care about salary. How much do I get to bone in this movie? There are very few scenes in this movie where he is not with uh, this woman and she is not topless. Yeah. It's rare. It is. Like, 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 they get to the point where it's like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't sexy at all. It's just like, eh, it's kind of warm in here, so I'm just taking my top off. Right. Like, that's like what it was. Yeah. So the, the team arrives at the lake house, uh, trusting only each other. Uh, the plan, I guess, is just to hole up there and wait to be attacked. And while Bruce takes the, the first lookout, Nicole comes out with some tequila, and uh, they go to Bone on the ground beside the motorcycle this time in the movie. Although it is, like, covered in leaves on the ground, I guess it's better right. than their trip to the try to do it on a motorcycle in the desert in the last movie. So she pours salt on his chest, licks it off, and then drinks straight from the bottle of tequila and sucks a lime, and they have themselves some Cinemax sex. Yeah, I was I was very relieved they did not hump on that bike. I was like, when are I saw they going to do it again, but he's on the bottom and she's on the top? But I was halfway <laughs> yeah, there. I know, like, when she came out, I was like, is that what these two like? They're in the bike sex? Like, was that, like, a reference <laughs> to the last movie? Or is it just that, like, Bruce likes bikes? I, I don't. I, I'm going to say he just likes bikes. Yeah. But it's, it's a uh, funny thing because we were both thinking it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> we know what happened to these two last time. But Bruce still looks yeah. uncomfortable during sex. Like he, doesn't, <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's doing or something, but... I'm sure that uh, Bruce and Nicole hate each other behind the scenes. Right, yeah. So they have to do this. Like, ah, I got to touch her. Ah, hell. We cut to the next day where we see a shift change where Rico's now in charge and juggling baseballs. Uh, The girls hang out in a hot tub. (laughs) So uh, we're being hunted. 
Hey, girls, let's all get in our bikinis. Hey, thought completely machine. defenseless. Thought machine. They're going to come up with the best plan. Oh, is that yeah. that right? It's a, it's a think tank. Think tank. Yes. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Some dirt bikers show up and park on the dock to fish. But guess what? It's the next team of assassins named. Oh, the next team of assassins, Spencer and Dudley. <laughs> Uh, sneakily, they pull out and assemble a sniper rifle. Uh, Donna goes to light a cigarette for Atlanta, and then the guy misses the shot on Donna, and they all bolt on their bikes as Rico fires at them. <laughs> Donna tries to get on a bike, go after him, but like Rico like tosses her off a bike, and he and Bruce leave her in the dust to give chase. But later we'll see there was two other bikes there anyway, so I don't... Anyways. Right. Uh, <laughs> So during this, uh, they randomly and, 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 and also one missed shot and they run. Yeah, the bullshit is set. Like, no, keep firing. One bullet, we're done. Bye. Yeah, it's not a musket. Keep going. Keep firing assholes. <laughs> during the okay, did you notice during this chase scene, they randomly show like Bruce, like riding and then falling off his bike like a complete idiot, and then right. he gets back up on and drives off and it. Like, it does not affect the chase at all. It's not. There's no one else in the frame, or we're not seeing it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, right? why did they show that? Like, no, like is it, I don't think like he was like turning or no, anything, like, or maybe he like I don't remember. But it was yeah, he looked stupid. Yeah, I was like, wait, this is like a blooper. I yeah, I was like, what the what what is going on here? But it's like yeah, like hey, movie, don't have the guy that's known for riding bikes. Fall off a bike. Yeah, unless Sedari pissed off Sedaris and he's like, I'm putting that in the movie, that fucking asshole. <laughs> Nobody liked him, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a glass wall randomly in the woods that the bad guy crashes his bike into <laughs> as well right after this. Like, and then Bruce shoots him in the chest and kills him, but it looks like he hits him with a paintball. <laughs> like, it, it does not look like a squid. It's a- like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was surprised someone was shot instead of blown up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Um, but and, and, and to be fair about about the glass, Brandon. Okay. I've, see, I've seen engines. Yeah. I've seen mattresses. I've seen refrigerators. Nowhere near anywhere where a car could drive it. So. Right. <laughs> someone definitely walked it out there and just dumped it. So, I don't know. Like, someone just like, ah, I'm tired of this glass. Not far And walked it. Just walking out into the woods. Fair enough. Rico then has a standoff with the guys. They hide behind two trees far apart from each other, and he throws baseballs at him. And the guy laughs it off. Spencer or Dudley, you pick his name. And then we see the last baseball is some sort of, like, bomb or something. And he throws the ball, and the guy goes to, like, swing at it with his shotgun. <laughs> and when it connects, <laughs> Boom. And I'm like, wait, what was the plan if that was really just a baseball? You just opened yourself up to get fucking shot. Like, what? Yeah. He held it upside down, so he was not in a position to fire that, like, <laughs> it got playful. Like, what? Yeah, he held, oh my God, he held the gu- the the barrel, he held his shotgun by the barrel of it. He held it at the end where the bullets come out. I don't know. I don't think I'm smart. No. No. Uh. <laughs> like, regardless of whether that were to blow up or or not, just... Right. And, uh, like, and why why would you, like, ah, oh, show him, I'll hit one of these baseballs back at him. Okay, great. Dumb. Also, how, how many baseballs can he carry right? on himself? 
That's what I was gonna say. Like, how many? He's got like at least four. How big are his fucking pants? <laughs> I can't fit that many baseballs. On, still. Like, I can fit. I can fit two baseballs in my pants. I can't fit a fucking. He he could have beat him to death. Just put him in a sock and just wailed on him. Right. He had so many in his pants. <sighs> he should have just taken his. That's what he should have done. Just taken off a sock, run over there, and just wail the hell out of him. Tell you what, I'm gonna like. Throw those balls fucking hard. I'm not gonna like lob them at him. He's like, I'm like, oh sure. What? I guess he was baiting him, but still, still. I. Mm. Uh, and he goes, oh, he has the bastard hit my best pitch. Should have thrown him a slider. Oh, was yeah. Like it's like okay, Eric Estrada, good for you. Good for you. Kane and his girl are boning in bed and having their tea delivered, only to find out the latest team. Of Spencer and Dudley has failed. It looks like it's hot dog and Sledge's turn at bat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lucas, Shane, Atlanta, and Edie take off the next day by boat to find their it's like a secret stash of weapons and guard them further. And overnight, and it, it becomes very dark nighttime fast there. And Shane and Atlanta wander in the woods, only to bump into each other and then bone under like. The makeshift waterfall. And this was like it, the boning scene of boning scenes in this movie. As soon as I saw that waterfall, like, oh, they're fucking. Yep, yep. There's no way they're not fucking. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even know that they were going to back up into each other. I just saw that waterfall, like, get ready for fucking. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, it's like these two were only in this movie for this scene. And it's like. And he's an Abilene. That, but, yeah. And it's, it's like that gross 90s porn. Oh, yeah. Where. Everyone like everyone's just sweaty for some reason. Yeah. And like everyone like they're all like everyone's just like so like overly muscular. Well, and they're, and they're just... like screen kissing like hard fucking core. It's like not even like sex like they are just like open mouth rubbing their open mouth all over each other so they're not actually like making kiss contact. It's like it it's almost like nineteen forties like hardcore. <laughs> you know, like ah Yeah. Oh my god. And not that I want to see tongues and shit, but I'm like these people don't like each other, or they really just didn't want to do this scene together. Like it, it's like, well, you're the, think, the most muscular guy here, and then you have the chest, so you guys are gonna pair up. Uh, maybe they're just bad at fucking. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I think that's what. And, it probably and Pandora is. Peaks, man, uh, they are underselling that with that name, even. Ah, uh, I just when she took off her top, I just felt bad for her. <sighs> You know, well, I you just can see, you like, can oh, see sweetie. her surgical marks on her too. Yeah, well, I, mine was. I was it, watching the Blu-ray, so maybe you can't see it on right. SD. But I was like, oh, yeah, it is those aren't like, real. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, gosh. so yeah, I just, I just, I, I just like saw it and I just thought like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, like you feel like you have to do this. That sucks. But she got to be in an Andy Sedaris movie. That, that's that's the silver lining, I guess, that she got to and, and two two. Almost forty-year-old men are talking about her on a, a lowly, <laughs> lowly little podcast. Twenty-eight years later, so you're welcome on the show, it. Pandora, if you want to come talk about Do or Die. And uh, if you don't remember anything about the uh, movie, just tell us, and you just, just don't come on. That'd be fine too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next morning, uh, the, the these two dudes on jet skis uh, in very neon wetsuits are on the move to do some assassinating. Uh, and and they are proud of that uh, jet ski shot, right? Oh, God, yeah. They sat on that for yep. a while. Yep, they're coming at I us. Mean, uh, yep, yeah. still coming. Yep. It was... 
I understand that they're in a, sh- a space that looks really neat, but God, yeah. we get it. The uh, the boat crew's headed back and followed by the jet skis, and they trade fire. Shane can't hit shit with his cannon gun like his Magnum, which is a Abilene trait, uh, except he hits a duck. And then Edie and Lucas take over and hit the guys with one shot each. Uh, done. Hot dog and sledge. Uh, completely R.I.P. anticlimactic. There's like, that should have been Spencer and Dudley. Yep. Who cares? Like, like with a name like Hot Dog, you give that to someone that has a, a speaking role, and they better be wacky as yep. hell. They're like on it, and, and that was like their lines. Was like, yeah, like, 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 here they come. Yeah, like, like and like his, co- his, he chose his code name as Hot Dog, is like, well, uh, I'm really into water uh, stuff, so uh, call me Hot Dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> hot Dog Water. Oh, uh, this is too short. Just hot dog. Hot dog. Uh, Kane's unhappy, and Lou and Chen, who do a lot of sweaty karate stuff in a small room, are tapped to kill Donna and Nicole next. And they, there's like a lot of like it takes forever. They're just like going hey, 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 karate, 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 karate in this room, <laughs> sweaty with their shirts off. And it's not even a karate room. It's just like this random room in the conference area of a hotel that they were staying at, shooting the movie that they could just film these guys like saying hi a bunch in well yeah and some of those moves like like all right some of those are martial arts and others of them was like you're just like break dancing i think what are, you know like yep but this at the seasons like the splits and there's some spins in there i'm like i don't know if all of this is martial arts <laughs> yeah so the lake house gang devised that they need to relocate to lucas place in dallas they change clothes and they gear up. Both dudes and ladies, it's equal. A lot of leather coming into play here, but they all are getting dressed up because it was all the ladies. I'm like, yeah, we're not even going to see the dudes dress up. And then we get to see Bruce and Shane putting on shirts and stuff and loading up guns. So, hey, uh, Rico tells him. We get hazardous duty pay for this. I hope we live long enough to spend it. And they all take off in pairs on motorcycles. Dudes, of course, driving, but they all... For their four motorcycles at the house, and uh, they all take up a group. So, <laughs> at the safe spot, they argue how Kane knows where they are all the time. People are skeptical of Atlanta and Rico because they're new to this movie, I guess, for the team. Uh, but Lucas personally asks them to be there, and he stands by it. Edie uses the microwave, and the watch she's wearing burns her. We find out it's Donna's watch that she loaned to her, and they realize that it's the tracker, and they deduce that's why the speedboat was followed. And then Lucas gets a phone call from Kane, who announces tomorrow's the final day of the challenge, and the women should face his men one-on-one in hand-to-hand combat. And Lucas rejects that offer, but Don and Nicole want to do it, and Lucas says no, but Rico says, it's time we play by our rules. <laughs> he sounds he sounds like a Home Alone knockoff when he says that. <laughs> He does. First of all. That is. He's got, he's got a real Three Ninjas vibe to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how are these people top agents and they don't realize until now that, oh, we're being tracked. They have, there's a huge, they're being tracked by a laser microchip, which isn't a thing, first of all. <laughs> and, and secondly, like it's a huge red jewel looking thing on the back of her watch how d- does donna like have like like her wrist is it like are their senses dead how how did she not see a giant red dot in the like hey that's weird i didn't put that in the back of my watch hmm that's peculiar 
My God. And 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 also, um, microwave. <laughs> like, like you're not like you know how you're not supposed to put metal in a microwave. You can put metal next to a microwave, right? right. So this is fine. Right. Their microwave is broken. <laughs> <laughs> They're risking their lives. For a hot pocket. That night, Donna goes for a swim. Uh, Rico, of course, joins her in the pool, and they bone. And it's this really, um, for Sedaris, artistic sex scene. There's one part where yeah. they both, like, jump with their hands in the air. I'm like, nobody does it, can do it like that. <laughs> like, they, they have like, their we- hands in there, and they're like, yay, we had sex. It almost looks like <laughs> Yeah, that. I know. Like, were they celebrating? Like, because it wasn't, like, the last yeah. thing we saw. No, because they went back to, like, holding each other close and, like, in the pool. And then they, they go l- underwater and the camera follows them underwater at the end. That was that was neat. That was neat, Sedaris. There's, there's so much water in this movie. They, there isn't this much water in the other movies. And they're in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. There's so much water in this movie. I, waterfalls and this shit and how many jacuzzis? I need at this point make note that all pairs of people, characters in this movie have hooked up now. So that means we're almost that, over. That weren't assassins. This movie's right. all well, we about don't... twos. And uh, they have, these these have boned. But maybe Dudley well, and Spencer did it at one point. I had to say, Hot Dog and Sledge had a lot of time. They did. They did. Uh, the guys in the kitchen. And, they... and if there's one thing we learned from this movie, if two people are together next to water, they're going to fuck. And you know what? The most, un- the most, uh, the assassins, uh, the ones I believe least probably boned, Skip and Ava. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Skip is the guy that bought a Russian bride. Yeah. And Ava, well, we all know about Ava. Yes. So uh, the next day, Donna and Nicole call Kane, who gives them their location. Uh, they show up in the woods and fight uh, Lou and What's-His-Face and their ninja outfits. In broad daylight. In broad daylight in the woods, and they run off and have a foot chase. <laughs> Nicole leads one to a tree where she has hidden a bat and whacks him across the face. And he's like, who are you? And she says, who are you? I'm Batman. Uh, and Donna um, then tosses ninja stars that she had on herself <laughs> at the guy chasing her. They meet up with each other and leave. And uh, Rico pilots the remote control helicopter from earlier. I forgot this was even in the movie when I was watching it. Right. I like it, they showed it to us. They packed it up. They've been carrying that case in scenes. And I just when that came up, I'm like, oh, yeah, Norm, the Storm and Norman. Right. Wow. So. Were they carrying that with them on the bikes? Yes. Uh, they had to have been. They carried it. Well, no, it was on the planes because we, right? we, we saw them transfer it to multiple planes. The bikes? There was no There was no luggage on those bikes. Yeah. It was just them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe it was Come on a on. plane waiting for them while they were at the lake house. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm confident that any plane that landed in this movie was filmed. I'm confident gotcha. of that. Gotcha. So he's got the helicopter and the ninjas grab themselves some weapons. They say, this time, no more nice guy. Oof. And uh, <laughs> they check the tracker and head out. Rico loads the helicopter with, like, rockets and stuff. And the ninjas trace the beeps to a shack where they hear the women inside and even spot one. But guess what? It's a pair of mannequins with a tape player. Uh, they find the watch there, too. Rico then flies the little helicopter and readies it to fire the rockets at the shack. This was supposed to be hand-to-hand combat. Here's my hand. 
Kane's computer then gives him the bad news. Game over. This scene is a roller coaster because <laughs> it is uh, full of terrible, uh, I don't want to say puns. I mean, I guess they're jokes. Just <laughs> terrible lines. They even try to play one off as if, yeah, we know it's stupid, but it's like you still wanted to say it. The Batman line. Oh, my God. That is... Um, no, that's the worst. No, I'm saying that, that's the worst line in the movie. That is the yeah. worst line in the movie. Because yeah. she looks so smug after she says it. Like, no, that wasn't clever at all, and it didn't make any sense. Like, and it wasn't necessary. It sucked. All of that was dumb. Do it again, film. But th- that, oh, man, that shed. That shed, right? Yeah. I, I, I laughed and then applauded. <laughs> because Rightfully so. That's a good reactions. Because it, it doesn't just blow up. It looks like, I don't know, there was some kind of air compressor or something. It looks like all the wood blows apart from, like, the inside. So you just see all the wood, like, fly apart. And then, like, a second or two later, then it blows up. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's the, that's the explosion. Like, what? So you're like, what? Yes. It was like, they, like, like there was, like, um... The demolitions expert just like like te- like was like smacking the side of the detonators like why isn't it working? Oh, yeah, and then kablooey! It was a nice finish to those two at Lucas' house. The group is having a, a fancy dinner party because they're all like dressed up and like drinking champagne. <laughs> they talk about how they can track Kane through the satellite phone. Uh, then we see a microchips delivered to Kane's woman at their apartment who then puts it on a piece of uh, jewelry that's like a crystal, and then she puts the crystal around his neck, and she's like, I got this crystal for you. It will protect your soul's life force forever, keeping you safe. And the group then talks about how they'll know his every move and have some laughs over their adventure and cheers as the credits roll and that shitty Edie song gets a reprisal. And that's the movie. And that's, I was like, wait, that that's the end for Kane? <laughs> That like I was like, wait, that oh, so I guess well, we that, can that, know what he's doing now. Like, like I understand, like, because that way they find find his contacts. Like, I I get that you don't just get him; you get like his entire network or whatever. I okay, cool. But like the way they talk about it, it's like, oh, we're gonna screw with him whenever we want. Like, no, it's more than that, guys. Yeah. This guy's like an international like criminal, right? So. You'd be helping a lot of people out, I guess, but right. you're talking about it like you're gonna like just like drive them nuts, like you're gonna like tie his shoes together and you know and just like like steal his keys and <laughs> we're gonna get him, ha 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 ha, the end. Oh wow, revenge! Like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drink all the milk but a sliver and put it back right in the refrigerator. I don't get him, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's that's like the end of Kane. Like I don't even know if he comes back in any of these movies. That kind of happens with like the main villain though in these movies. That like all of the underlings they get like these crazy you know uh, death scenes that are you know. And then when it comes to the main bad guy, like it's just kind of like eh, they're dead. And like 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 they're either like they either just kind of like a, like a whimper death or like oh yeah I forgot that they were in the movie. It's just like so after the fact. Yeah. And that's what this kind of is too. 
whether he's like alive or dead, it's still just like, oh yeah, it's like um, they we 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 we, we, we wrapped it up. I mean, I guess, but like, eh. Take him away, boys. The end. Yeah. No, as soon as I saw all of them dressed in, you know, like suits and dresses, I was like, all right, we're almost done here. We got another minute or two of this film yeah. left. That's just how Andy Sedaris, that's his style. Andy Sedaris' style is just like, all right, and everyone at the end, y'all, y'all look great because you feel great. Now raise a glass. And who wants to do a line? I can't believe I lost the game. I'm so disgraced. I have this crystal for you. It will protect your soul's light force, forever keeping you safe. And if that doesn't work, I have other things in mind for you. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in the cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means... Yeah, you'll just stay there and let the assassins come get you. You're not you're not down with playing games like do or die. Converted, which means uh you you play the game if your friends involved, you'll help them out. Um meet uh you'll you'll do it all. Or drink the Kool-Aid, which means you will meet up for some hand-to-hand combat with some ninjas going up against hot dog and sledge, Spencer and Dudley, what cute pair of boys, uh, and you'll eat the the catfish. So, Colin, how do you rate do or die? I think this is uh, pretty fun. It's got a big edge on some of the others that the plot makes some kind of sense. It's that all convoluted and like just barely brushed upon. I, I never like lost my attention or anything like that. Like in some of the other Sedaris movies, like oh, just get on to the, the action scene or the the tits or whatever you do with your film. But like this, I was actually like pretty well engaged the whole time. I think that is because they had all those different assassin teams, even though some of them were a little disappointing. I'm looking at you, hot dog. You know what you did. But it's got everything you want from a Sedaris film. Like you know, there, I mean, there's no like Python being blown up with a rocket. But other than that. It's got just about everything you want out of a Sedaris movie, so I am definitely converted on this one. Brandon, how do you rate Do or Die? I'm going to jump forward, and I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid on it. This was really fun. I I like this. It was a nice step up from the last one. I think because of its hook and its simple little premise, it has an edge over a lot of these. It's dopey. A lot of boobies, a lot of sex. Um, It may not have... The explosions and some of the ridiculous action as the other ones, but as Cullen mentioned, this one is an easy watch. You never like lose your attention. Um, I'm kind of into the characters at this point. Um, the ones we have, just you know, like okay, what are we doing now, guys? Uh, and I like I, I mentioned earlier, from a technical level, I was actually kind of impressed where we've gone to with this one. It felt this like much better made movie. Uh, like the, the the editing really stuck out to me on this one because we were complaining about a couple chases and stuff last time and that was no problem here these were actually cut pretty well the geography was straight um they made yeah they made a helicopter versus car chase work on like the last time yeah so i I drink the kool-aid on it uh it's fun going back to uh these i'm gonna miss them but we'll get back to them soon um uh, the next two are Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill, which means Julie Strain enters the fold. 
in these movies, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about that. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen I've seen her introduce some of these films. It's uh, I don't know if that's gonna work. <laughs> I've seen some of her films. I don't know that there are any of these, but uh, uh, she w- I, I will I, I will say this. She was once married She's to no- the creative Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a bit. Eastman, I believe, was she was married to. <laughs> I assu- I assumed it was him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll get down there. Um, we have. We're halfway through. Halfway, with, which just started with our one-off hard ticket to Hawaii years ago, and we're delivering on our promises of keeping back with them. So, yeah. So until the next time, we actually we did good here. We we like both. Hot. Hot. Call me now. Eight hundred seven five five. Just you and me, 800-755-5, call me now, adults only. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we will be live from Starbase Indy, and we'll be talking the 1997 documentary, Trekkies, as we mentioned at the top of the episode. So come see us or wait for the episode to drop. Either way, it's going to be fun. Should be eye-opening, uh, laugh a minute, and some tears shed. And as always, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in for Donna Spear Month. And if you're if you're someone who listens to this show and you're in like need of like guy that the, the help of like a tragic traumatic event that's affected your life, she does have a book and she is a self-help person, so you could look her up. Check she has like a lot of videos on her Instagram page, and she has a book. She reaches out to people so check her out she's a cool person and she stars in these crazy movies uh she's like the the star of these crazy movies she hasn't left yet we still got some more films before she ducks out but yeah so that kudos to donna spear kudos to the sedaris family and uh yeah we'll get we'll get back to these and um but we're gonna go we're gonna go to our first documentary is it colin i think so you guys can call us out if we're wrong. We're more than happy to actually hear from some of you. Well, hang on. Hang on. Uh, was Death Better documentary? Like, I can't remember. Ooh. Uh, Filmed in real not... time. It certainly felt like it. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to look into that. Was Death Better documentary? I don't know. But uh, we do look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Trekkies. The trailer. That actually trails. I do consider myself half Vulcan. I did draw the line low at having my ears surgically altered. (laughs) It began as a vision of the future. The best thing I've ever done in my life. Star Trek, the blueprint for a better mankind. It became a phenomenon. I've been asked to marry people. That has touched millions. Everybody's seen the picture of Barbara Adams. I wore my uniform just as any other officer in the military would wear theirs. Star Trek is part entertainment and part philosophy. Now, they've got their own movie, Trekkies. I'd rather be known like as a spiner femme. I like that. Who's your favorite captain? Kirk. He's a stud. They're devoted. This is my third convention. 20 or 30 or more. 50 or 60. They're misunderstood. Welcome to Starbase Dental. So, um, this is reception. This is where the patients check in. It's not like any other dentist office I've ever been in. And they may just be the most intelligent life form you've ever met. This costume is the uniform that I've designed from the film project that I'm working on, and it should be noted that this is only a a prototypical version. 
guard 48, and this is guard number 28. That's right. Would you like cheese and a superstar or without? Whoa. Without cheese? Have you ever served a Klingon before? Yes. We actually take turns being different characters and it helps our, our um, relationship. Our... Yeah. yeah, it does. How's it going out with different people? <laughs> Trekkies. Yeah, I am one of those people. Oh my God. listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. It's going to be weird. So we're not, I know a lot of you, you're used to Cult Cinema Cavalcade uh, Wednesdays, right? Wednesdays, uh, or not Wednesdays, what the fuck? <laughs> Today is that... Wednesday when we're recording. Cult Cinema Cavalcade Mondays, so every other week you get Cult Cinema Cavalcade. That is not 